Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Thank you, Howard. As always, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. So much to get into today. It's a great podcast I have in store for you today. Uh, uh, I feel like this podcast is tough enough. That's who's tough enough. Well, not only is Finn Balor the special guest, Fergal Devitt himself. We've all seen the uh, amazing getting-to-know-you packages that they've been playing for young Fergal on NXT. But Katie Linendahl is not only joining me on the interview, but she'll be here for the State of Wrestling, where we'll talk about everything that's been going on. We'll bring up some Ring of Honor stuff, maybe some TNA stuff. Talk a little bit about a Tough Enough launching and coming back i love tough enough but we start as we always start with this week's interview finn balor we got to record this interview with him uh between two nxt live events it was a two-night spot so we got him the morning after and before an nxt show uh where the demon came out so uh you know there's no doubt in my mind and I don't think, you know, this is really going out on a limb to say, but there is no doubt in my mind that Finn Balor is being groomed to be the next big baby face in that company. You do not put out a package like they put out for Finn Balor. You do not center a Japan event, an international live event. First time on the network, by the way, which couldn't be smarter to air that on the network. You do not center that event around a guy that you do not see as the future of your company. I believe that Finn Balor is being groomed for that spot. We'll see if it works. You know, there was a minute where Roman Reigns was being groomed for that spot. That didn't work. I think with Finn, because, you know, he came in with so much credibility. He's got so much international wrestling credibility because we've watched him come up through NXT. I think there's a good shot at this working. And, I mean, you know, he's an immense, immense talent. Not only that... But he's the guest on this week's Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. So how are you going to go wrong? Katie Linendahl joined me on the interview. So let's get to it. Finn Balor, this week on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. And now, the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast interview. Yes, we're in Philly. NXT is here. And Finn Balor is here. Finn, what's the haps? The haps is NXT. Yeah. is here in Philadelphia. We had a great night last night here in the Terror Theater, and uh, we're looking forward to doing it again tonight. I'm sensing an accent. Yeah, that'd be uh, <laughs> Bray County, Wicklow, Ireland. Uh, so uh, I've only been in the States for about not even a year now, so I haven't picked up any of the, the local lingo yet. But, How's uh, it been living here? Obviously, I mean, you've been all over the world wrestling, uh, and you have a major reputation for that, but what's it like now this being your permanent residence well florida obviously yeah it's uh, it's actually quite daunting you know because um being uh being on the indie scene like from you know 14 years i spent eight years full-time in japan as well so uh i literally had my last match in japan uh i want to say april you know april 8th or something last year and i uh i flew straight to orlando you know so it was like flew from Tokyo to Orlando so you know it was a big contrast in, in cultures and uh, and lifestyle and that but especially when you're landed in Florida <laughs> yeah but all let's the states a, to pick let's be honest yeah uh, you know it's, if, it's, if we had to saw off a state <laughs> just keeping uh, it real it'd be an easy one too yeah uh, that, that's you guys peninsula that's you guys opinion no, but, you know I had a lot of good friends there to help me uh, uh, adapt and adjust you know uh, Giant Bernard who was you know Matt Bloom or, or uh, Jason Albert in, in WWE uh, you know, we were friends for a long time before uh, uh, in New Japan, and you know he helped me adapt uh, very quickly. So uh, he clued me in, and you know all the guys. Oh, sorry, all the guys at the performance center. You know, they've all been great, helped me adapt to the to the culture and the lifestyle here. What type of decision is that to make? I mean, you were huge in New Japan Pro Wrestling, which is probably worldwide. You could say it's the second biggest promotion. You know, when you're talking globally, um, you started a group called the Bullet Club, which. Uh, you don't know about that, huh? Never heard of that. <laughs> no, yeah. It was like this this huge thing that got so big that America. It's a Japanese thing, obviously, but American wrestling fans were showing up to American wrestling shows that had nothing to do with anything you were doing, 
and you weren't cool unless you're wearing a Bullet Club yeah. T-shirt. So when you're when you're going, okay, here's the choice: this thing I've created that's actually catching on globally. I'm going to leave it for this opportunity. Um, you know, the opportunity you're talking about, like with working with WWE, is something like that. You know, every uh, everyone starting their journey in pro wrestling kind of aspires to. You know, and. Uh, for me, it had been something that had been on the cusp for a couple of years, and it was something that I'd always kind of uh, made the decision to to stick with New Japan because I felt like I had unfinished business there. You know, I still had things I wanted to achieve. So you could have come earlier. Uh, you know, there was discussions earlier, and uh, there was opportunities that came up, but you know, ultimately I decided to you know pursue what I was doing uh, in Japan and continue you know the trend of stuff that I was doing there and uh, I think like every time I made that decision it was the right decision because you know my career you know grew and you know the achievements that I was you know been fortunate enough to achieve uh, you know kept kind of building and building you know and I was I was on an upward climb with my career in Japan uh, and I just felt that um, I was kind of maybe pushing on in years and maybe the opportunities to to make a uh, to make an impact in, in the WWE might you know start to dry up right. and uh you know, what better time to leave when you're in your absolute, you know, peak of uh, of your popularity in Japan? And you know, it wasn't necessarily popularity because you know we were working as a heel stable, but um, it was uh, we, we definitely caused quite a stir. And I felt like <laughs> I, I felt like um, I felt like it, it it was time to to make the move. And you know, of course, I uh, I had a lot of kind of apprehension. Yeah. About, about leaving, you know, because on one side I've got this great life where, I've, you know, all my best friends, I'm in a stable with them, you know, we're, we've created something together that's, you know, catching on. I'm still being afforded time to go home to visit my family in Ireland, you know, and see all my friends that I grew up with there. So I'm kind of living this double life of, you know, New Japan pro wrestler and still kind of living like an, an ominous life in Ireland, like, you know, I'm being able to go hill walking or whatever I want to do, like, you know, mm-hmm. and then. Um, and I'm sacrificing all that for an opportunity to, you know, come and uh, train at the performance center. And, uh, you know, I wasn't sure, like, how things would go. Uh, but, you know, you can't look back at life when you're, you know, or your career when you're 40 and yeah. go, you yeah. know, and go, oh, I wonder uh, if I had a, maybe jumped on that opportunity when it came up. So I can honestly say, like, it's only... Ten months since since I made the move, and it's the best decision I've ever made. Yeah, yeah. Can we back that timeline up too? Because for anyone that doesn't know your story, it's actually pretty interesting in the sense that you arrived in Japan when you were 24, yeah. correct? And then talk about that commute back and forth, and really coming back to Ireland and being anonymous for it, but then being this star in Japan. But the just the commute in general and that experience for so many years, and also. Right on the scene, in your words, you were in some sh- pretty shitty living conditions. <laughs> it's just an interesting trajectory. Yeah, well, um, you know, the commute wasn't until kind of the latter years in Japan when I built my popularity. When I first started in, in New Japan, I'd already done kind of six years uh, around England in a, co- a small company called uh, NWA UK Hammerlock. And uh, I'd kind of, I'd kind of, um, you know, I'd kind of, I think, learned all I could learn there and I kind of like craved for more you know so I decided to come to America believe it or not I had an aunt who lives in Boston big surprise right <laughs> Irish aunt in Boston and uh, you know she was good enough to put me up and uh, I, uh, I'd, I'd done some indies there and a guy picked me up for uh, called Dave Marquez who was associated with the Enoki Dojo in California so he said why don't you come out and train with us for a little bit so I went and trained with the Enoki Dojo in California who had a connection with New Japan. So after about two or three months of training in California, they shipped me off to Japan to train as a young boy in the dojo for three months. So, you know, I land in Japan. I've never used chopsticks before. I haven't a clue about the language. There's no iPhones at this time. There's no Wi-Fi, no Skype. So, like, I'm completely cut off from the outside world of what I know. Yeah. Yeah, And I'm kind of, you know, just, like, plunged into this, like, completely foreign culture. And, you know, it it helped me a lot. Because, you know, I submersed myself in the culture and, uh, you know, the guys in New Japan were absolutely unbelievable. They treated me so well. You know, they took me in as one of their own, kind of retrained me from scratch. But, of course, you know, there was all the, the chores that go with that of, you know, cleaning the ring, cleaning the dojo, uh, washing the older wrestlers' gear, carrying the bags and stuff. But, you know, 
in return you're paid with the greatest training experience on the planet you know uh, of course that was just a three month kind of internship which they extended to six months which then eventually turned into eight years and the bullet club and where we are now today we make our interns get us coffee so it's not it's <laughs> yeah. not exactly the what same. was the worst thing you had to do uh, every in morning, terms of that internship you know it's nothing was really bad because you know you're doing these things to achieve your goals Builds you know character, like, yeah, totally and, better uh, off but like it. something that like you know we we just have to clean the toilet bowls and stuff every morning you know and like i'm talking like you know 20 stone what's that like uh like 300 pound like wrestlers that you know uh, use that every day in the yeah. dojo you know so that's awful yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't want character that bad <laughs> like i'm fine then, with the character amount of character i have yeah no I don't sam doesn't want to do that anymore. at all nope <laughs> but then actually can we flip flip sides here because then you later on it, correct me if i'm wrong is this years later you're going to these sponsored dinners Tell us what a sponsored dinner is in Japan. Yeah, these have kind of become... A, this is a, years a, after a, the internship, right? Yeah, well... You've got a timeline going. Well, well, believe it or not, you know, because you're paying your dues so hard, the, the, the senpai wrestlers, which are the senior wrestlers, they actually take care of the young boys really well. So they mm. will take you to the sponsored dinners even when you're young. And, you know, you'll be, you'll be you know, you know, welcomed kind of to the culture by being, you know, force-fed. But what's a sponsored dinner? And, and food. It, it, it's basically... Uh, someone who's helped promote the show in the in the local town or maybe just like a really super fan who has uh, a lot of money wants to take so, some of the wrestlers normally his favorite wrestlers out to eat and it's just carnage it's all it's you know the, things the, get the, real the, the, the reins are off basically yeah and there's videos out there i, I had a uh, carl anderson who he used to work with in new yeah. japan yeah. on the wrestling podcast and uh i mean there are guys that not only are taking you out and paying for your dinner and everything but they're wanting uh, to get slapped on the chest <laughs> they're, they're wanting, they want to be a part of it so badly there's that's kind of a weird like request like it's like kind of an under hit me yeah hit me we're gonna take you to dinner and everything but we also want you to kick our ass. Yeah, it's 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 not it's not something uh, necessarily that I approved of, but uh, it was something I think the the Japanese Cultural? fans the the Japanese fans wanted to try and somehow like appreciate what we go through in the ring, and I guess that's you know their way of maybe kind of wearing that badge of of you know I could take a chop from whoever. Yeah, you know my my the way I appreciate it as a wrestling fan is um, I'll watch a show. And then I'll interview a guy and go, did that hurt when that happened? It looks yeah. like it did. Yeah, there's got to be it a less painful did. way to do yeah. it. Yeah. Always yeah. did. And then I go, okay, I can appreciate that. Yeah. I believe you. <laughs> That's as far as it goes. So um, you're, you're kind of known in NXT for this pretty spectacular entrance that you do, only on the uh, special shows. Yeah. Um, do you look at that? So you, you paint up your whole body, and it's something you were doing in Japan towards the end, too. Yeah. Only with a sponsored dinner. After sponsored dinners. Right. He only paints... For sponsors. That's right. Um, but you paint up your whole body. Your whole face is painted. Your torso is painted. You got a headdress on. You got this whole deal. It looks like it takes hours to prepare. You got a light show that goes around with everything. Do you – NXT is kind of a smaller scale of everything that happens in WWE. So the buildings are smaller. So everything is kind of this scaled-down version of what could be when you get to a Raw or SmackDown or a pay-per-view. Like do you have in your mind, okay, this is what this looks like here – but I'm already thinking of what a WrestleMania entrance would look like. Honestly, I live every day, day to day, and I like I don't think like we got Albany tomorrow, and I haven't even <laughs> thought of that. I don't, like I don't even know if I have gear with me to to, 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 to work there. So uh, no, gosh, I've only got half a bottle of paint know, here. Uh, <laughs> but you know, we're in Philadelphia tonight, right? And um, I have a funny feeling that. The Philadelphia fans at the Tower Theater might get to to be introduced to the demon. You've been teasing that. Yeah. Well. Now you, you have know, to commit. Well, you know, I'm, I'm not one for commitments, uh, but um, you don't put something I, out I've on got, Twitter. I've got, I've got a good tip that, uh, that uh, I'd say if you buy a ticket for tonight's show, yeah, you will witness something very special. Right, especially because you already paid the paint lady, so it's get better happen. <laughs> Oh, so how do you is there a trick to that? Let's go back to the entrance for a second. Sure. It's actually, I feel like it's like this hidden secret that most wrestlers don't take advantage of. And I feel like NXT does so well is building on these characters and these epic entrances. Do you feel like that's like a it's almost a hidden gem to really win over a crowd? Well, I think like, you know, 
as soon as you walk out the curtain, that's when you start. You know, that's that's go time. And you know, for me, it actually go time is about three hours before I walk out the curtain, and I'm trying to get in the zone and like think of what I'm going to do. Uh, with regards, you know, the demon character and the paint, that's not something necessarily that I do just to please everyone. It's something that uh, it helps me channel something that's much deeper inside that me personally as a human I'm a very kind of shy kind of introvert and like even the fact that I walk out through the curtain to to wrestle or perform in very small pants yeah is is like it <laughs> like you know when I go back I can't believe I've done that you know and like I'm embarrassed to watch myself back I won't watch this interview back I won't listen to an, a podcast that I've done like you know I, I just cringe at everything <laughs> but something happens when, you know, the demon is on that I'm just able to flow better and there's, you know, there's I express no, myself better. You're not actually possessed, are you? Because it, I wouldn't say <laughs> I, I wouldn't say I'm possessed, but I'm able to lose control more. And uh, there are demonic influences. Yeah, there's there's basically there's there's something that's holding me back in this. I don't want to say human form, but you know, as <laughs> as I am now sitting here. Yeah. That when I the demon gets turned on, right. it it there's like the the chains are off, you know. Yeah. How many I people have you murdered? Deep, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Zero. Yeah. No, I mean the demon. <laughs> ten. Yeah, ten. There's been ten, but they deserved it, all yeah. of them. You said that uh, you like to like climb hills and stuff when you were in Ireland, and you could be anonymous, and you get out there in nature and everything. Like, what do you do in Florida to kind of? I know, yeah, that's, it's, it's kind of very claustrophobic again because I'm so used to traveling, yeah. you know, and, like, I'll, I'll be back and forth from everywhere, you know. I'd still do the independence in Scotland. Uh, they have great drivers in Orlando in the yeah. vicinity, so you should just, if the, you're used to traveling, just take the car out and just get out there. Yeah, and, you know, that, that's, that's another thing I had <laughs> to adapt to, too, because... Uh, Worst. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, that, that's another thing I had to adapt to, too, because, you know, I'd never driven a car before I came to the States. What? Yeah. You know, because I was 18 years old, I started going to England. Did you, do you, do you have horses in Ireland? Did you? Yeah, we got yeah, horse and carts, skateboards, BMX. Wow. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, I had to get my my Florida State driver's license. Which oh my was gosh, actually, that's a disaster. Which yeah. was actually, uh, which was... The Florida know, DMV, the Florida I DMV. love Florida. Florida I swear, DMV. I love and, uh, Florida. I actually had a bit of a fender bender in uh, <gasps> in, uh, in January. We had to take uh, your driving test? like it. Yeah, I took my driving test that... Wait, uh, who was like your permit person? Who did you drive with? <laughs> oh, I didn't have one. I, I got like a, a proper teacher. I went to a proper driving oh, okay. school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wasn't actually like he wasn't actually sixteen. Yeah. He was a grown man. You could get a license. <laughs> like you don't have you didn't have to wait until he was seventeen. <laughs> so you so who told you how to drive? Uh, Joshua Rivera. <laughs> it was, Shout uh, out! <laughs> yeah, if you're listening out there, Joshua, thanks. So very do you much have like a car you. now? Yeah, I got a lovely little Mini Cooper. That's my pride and Mini joy. Cooper. And I just buzz around uh, Florida. And, uh, yeah, like look at me drive. Is it great now that you finally know how to drive? Is it like what have I been missing? You know, I haven't, didn't really miss anything <laughs> be- beforehand. You know, it's so. What did you do in Japan? Did you just was it just like dojo wrestling? Dojo wrestling sponsor dinner? Yeah, not wow. yeah. We get we get shipped around, you know, and by chauffeurs or you know on the company buses and stuff like that. So. Uh, Obviously, there's a great public transport system in Tokyo, too, and in Ireland. Yeah. So there was never really an issue or, or a need to... Because when you hear stories about these, like, worldly wrestlers that have, like... The journeyman wrestlers, they say. Yeah. It's like you think about everybody cramming into a minivan, driving yeah. from city to city, and, dri- and you're like, yeah, I got signed to a contract with WWE, and then I got a driver's license after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not the typical story. Well, you know, I was the one huddled in the back of the minivan. Right. <laughs> you know, the, nah, you guys drive the last this. 14 years. <laughs> but, uh, Nobody ever told you, like, Finn, get a license. Like, you have to drive at some point. Well, there was no need, you know, because there was no independence really in Ireland. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't really having a need to drive anywhere in Ireland. I could take the bus to the airport. As soon as I flew into England or Japan or anywhere I went, Germany, you know, I'd get picked up and taken straight to the show. They'd drop me back off. Bob's your uncle. I guess so. <laughs> Drive me nuts though. <laughs> like, just, you like, just switch gears on your your driving <laughs> yeah, soliloquy. Well, I'm interested. Wow. Curious. I have a question though. Before yeah. I don't get it in, um, do you put a timeline? We were talking to Kevin Owens about 
you know, from where you've been in, in big, massive arenas and then coming back down to NXT, which can be smaller at times, very yeah. small at Full Sail, do you get frustrated? Or yeah, do to you go feel- from the Tokyo Dome to Full Sail is like a big yeah. leap. It's uh, it's actually a big challenge, you know, and it's it kind of helps you reset. And, you know, I've been very lucky that, you know, I started in, you know, the UK when I was 18. Like, kind of worked up to bigger shows in the UK, then, like, reset. Started on the smaller shows in Japan, worked up to the bigger shows, and now I'm resetting again. And, you know, everyone here at NXT, like, you know, we're all kind of striving to build this brand, and it is a brand now, you know, and it's not, you know... Uh, a feeder system or a developmental system and there's no such thing as a main roster in my belief I think they're all just different rosters and this is the roster that I'm part of and I want to be here and I want to help it grow and blossom and I think everyone kind of here at NXT believes like really believes in what we're doing and we're almost like on the cusp of kind of like a wrestling renaissance so to speak like you know in general and uh, you know I want to be Leonardo helping paint NXT you don't have a family or anything, right? Pardon me? You don't have a family or anything? Like, you're not married or kids? No, no, no. Good. No, no. That's, that's a good move. Where is, like, where did you get the best response from females across the world? <laughs> I want to know what... Question. Because females are different everywhere, and, and you're, I find you to be a very handsome guy. You had her sexually and platonically. I can, I can appreciate okay, that. Yeah. Drive it home, Sam. Well, I, that's Drive how I feel. Home. That's how I feel. Yeah. Uh, Wherever you are, that's the place to be. Yeah. <laughs> that's fast times. Me blush now. And now we're just flirting. Yeah. Katie, do you have a question? No, things just got weird fast. This is about wrestling. No, it's about everything. It's, it's about us. Are you it's kidding me? It's beings. Sam Roberts' show. Yeah. Whatever you signed up for, you never know what he's going to ask. And if yeah, if you expect, if I've realized that you thought we were going to talk about wrestling, you're going to get something else thrown at you. Yeah. Exactly. You do remember that. Uh, Takeovers on the WWE Network for nine ninety nine next Wednesday. Wow, a nine ninety nine drop! Yeah, congratulations, <laughs> slow clap on that. <laughs> I was trying to change the subject. NXT is on every Wednesday, and it's a hell of a show. Did you? Was it your goal when you got to NXT to, to kind of abide by that thing? Like you just said, you don't see it as a main roster versus NXT. You see it as different rosters. Was did you look at it to say, okay, my challenge here is to make NXT? as important as any other roster of, of wrestlers anywhere in the world. Yeah, well, the way it was pitched to me by William Regal, who was one of the uh, people who was very influential in me coming here, uh, was don't look at NXT as developmental. Look at it as a territory. And you're going into a new territory, and you need to get over. And that's basically what I've kind of set my targets on. Yeah. And uh, that's what I'm trying to do. And I'm, you know, I'm trying to get over myself. Finn Balor, but I'm also help, uh, trying to help the brand itself get over NXT. Because the bigger the brand gets, the bigger you can get inside the brand. We have to briefly, we're on our bucket list to get to lifestyle. What's it like on the road and what are you eating? For somebody that's listening and saying, you know what, I want to be in good shape, but obviously on the road it's really tough. Three tips. Especially when you don't know how to use chopsticks in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> must get hungry. Yeah, well, uh, in, J- in Japan, I was lucky enough that like a lot of the convenience stores would have little tins of tuna, or t- a tuna, you call it? That's tuna right, tuna. there you yeah, go. Yeah, I'm learning the t- tomato, I say, but you say tomato. Tomato. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's but, call uh, the whole thing off. Okay, yeah, yeah. But, um, the song? Yeah, I, I just eat, like, you know, I try to eat as clean as possible. It's actually a lot, it, I used to believe that it was hard to eat clean in Japan because mm. they're so, such a carb-heavy Carb. uh, diet. Yeah. And I used to think, like, hell, like, all those American guys, like, to complain about life on the road and not being able to diet and stuff, and, you know, it's difficult to get food. And since I've came here, it actually is more difficult. Why is that? I don't know. It's just everything's, even if you get, say, chicken, it's, like, it's covered in sweet sauce and all yeah. stuff. So, like, you're getting carbs inadvertently mm. through that, you know. So and I just think, like, maybe the food is a little bit more processed than it is in Japan. So, mm. uh, and, of course, then they have all these delicious protein bars that they're waving in front of you, like, <laughs> as if to say they're good for you, but they're, like, loads. Cookies and cream protein. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, Do you give yourself a cheat day? Uh, you know, Believe it or not, my diet isn't too strict. I try and like eat as healthy as I can. Uh, I get as many greens as I can. But you know, if I need to cheat every day for the sake of filling myself full of like you know nutrition, I will. You know. 
So it's more about like you have to have a certain amount of calories yeah, inside. Know, yeah, if there, if there's an option to eat clean, I will eat clean, obviously. But you know, if there's no other option and there's pizza, I'm like, oh, but you're, well, there's no <laughs> option. Oh no, dear. Yeah. You're in America now, so you have to have a guilty pleasure. It's like for us, it's the Wendy's number six spicy chicken classic. Yeah. With she gets a decoke, I get a regular. Right. What is your go-to? Or has yeah. that not been developed? Uh, I, I don't have like a specific go-to, but definitely a, ch- a cheap meal would be pizza. I, like, I love pizza. Yeah. yeah. It's good. It's re- and I mean, part of being an American now is like, well, you're in Florida, too. you got to come to New York. Yeah, well, hopefully. I mean, that's actually pizza. It's going to Albany tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, I guess. That's New York <laughs> State. I, mean, I don't know if they're known for pizza. Um, well, listen, Finn Balor. We've time burglarized him. Yeah, thanks for hanging out, it's man. Of course, as you said, what we're here to talk about is the fact that NXT TakeOver is next Wednesday on the WWE Network, that NXT is in Philly tonight, it's in Albany tomorrow, it's all over the place. Do you like that NXT is getting out on the road? Do you like that you get to do that, or, or would you rather just have your roots? No, no. I've I, I got to say I absolutely love it, you know. Yeah. And, um, you know, as much as I love Florida, as great as the Performance Center is, which it is incredible, uh, I w- have been getting a little bit claustrophobic down there and getting this opportunity you know we've been to Ohio we've been out to San Jose now we're here in Philly Albany tomorrow you know hopefully we can spread the brand across yeah. all the states and hopefully internationally soon too so uh, that's kind of that's that's my target maybe bring uh, bring NXT back to Europe yeah uh, you get to rent a car no you can do it. It's exciting. You can Once you get drive there, on one side of the road. Let's <laughs> yeah. not push it. Yeah. Finn! I learned on the wrong side. Yeah. <laughs> hey, before he goes, yeah. we have a present for him. Oh, no. We do? We do. We have, yeah, we um, do. We have a little box over there, Sam. Oh, yeah. I brought it. Yes. <laughs> um, it was dropped off. This? The whole... By someone. This? Yes. Oh. This is from us. <laughs> no, it's not from us. It's not from us. Oh, who's it from? Okay. It's, it's um, uh, a, f- a random fan. Okay, there's no, oh. there's no from. On it, but, uh, no, it's not. It's, it's not very formal, dude. We didn't like a wrap oh, it. It's literally just or, a Kinder Egg. Come on, that's awesome. Yeah, no. Well, it's two of them. It's not just one. It's one for you and one for a friend. These came from Ireland. Oh man, I thought we had hit it off. What? Oh, I, I got one of the eggs <laughs> I, with I, the prize. I really stuff. thought that something was happening Get excited because here. one in three is a Barbie toy. <laughs> <laughs> and just letting everybody know that these di- were not brought in by us because there's a $2,500 import fine. So it was a fan. Right. Kindly, you know, he's like, I know he's homesick and I know he wants to be back in Ireland. So it was so nice you know for them to it? drop this off. Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens. Import, always he snuck so him in thoughtful. from Canada. His family. Yeah. 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 They're well, very congratulations on this thoughtful gift. I thought we had hit it off, but apparently. Well, that'll be a, tr- that'll be a treat for myself. <laughs> After tonight's show, when I beat Kevin Owens for the NXT Championship. Because wow. what's inside there is a championship belt. Just or, saying. Or a little princess. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Awesome. Here is Sam Roberts. I don't know why I didn't get any gifts. Welcome. I mean, welcome. Thank you, I should say, to Finn Balor for being a part of the podcast this week. Again, future superstar right there. If you want to look like a superstar, you can. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com. Slash Sam Roberts. That's pro wrestling tees.com slash Sam Roberts. Get yourself a t shirt. The t shirts can say all kinds of stuff. They can say what's the haps on them with a picture of me. They can say not Sam mode in reference to the Bree mode shirt that I always wear to live events. They could say Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Just to tell people around you that's a podcast I like to listen to. They could just be the traditional not Sam shirt. Whatever you want, your choice. Get them all. That's what I would do. Up now at pro wrestling tees dot com slash Sam Roberts. I mean, this podcast is only getting bigger and bigger. I've heard, I've heard some rumors. That's why you're going to want to get on this bandwagon early and get your t-shirts now because some people are saying that now that President Obama is on the podcast circuit, he did Mark Maron's podcast. Everybody heard about this. A lot of people are saying that Obama may be a guest on an upcoming episode of Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. He's doing podcasts. And there's no doubt in my mind that old POTUS doesn't listen to this. There is no doubt. He loves it. He loves it. He gets all of his wrestling information from Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. He doesn't have time for three hours of Monday Night Raw, but he can give an hour to Sam Roberts every week. Why not? I'm sure he listens, as do you, as does Katie Linendahl. Sometimes not only does she listen, but she joins me. You heard her on that interview. This week, she joins me on the state of wrestling. So let's find out what's going on. 
It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. And here we are. Welcome to the State of Wrestling with, you know what I do in the State of Wrestling, every week, get into what's going on in wrestling. I give my opinions. Sometimes I bring in an expert co-host, and that's exactly what I've done this week. I've brought in somebody who you may know from the interview with Finn Balor that just happened, but you may also know her as a guru of all things technology, a correspondent for such grand media outlets as the Today Show, which Paul Heyman so eloquently pointed out a few weeks back, the Today Show, CNN, Fox News, uh, everything you can possibly think of. I'm talking about somebody who just received an award for being a visionary. An award, mind you, that was once given to Bill Gates. The woman that I'm talking about is none other than Katie Linendahl. Welcome back. That was so nice. Well, I thought it was appropriate that you get a good introduction this time. My selfie stick is also a kendo stick. That's right. You know what you're doing. And Katie is a giant wrestling fan. You've heard her on the podcast many times before. Um, You know, and I've tested her as much as anybody can be tested. And she passes my tests. I've passed in really weird areas. How so? Um, Specifically of when in passing I dropped a Harvey Whippleman reference. Oh. As well as (laughs) a Nydia reference. That that, that just put you over. That was it. That definitely did. And then you started uh, singing the words to the Quebecers theme song. At which point I said, this is it. There's no more testing that needs to be done. If only I knew as much about... American history and or geography as I do about WWE entrance songs. That stuff's overrated. You don't need it. I can repeat in every single one. The entrance songs, you mean. Name that tune. I don't have time to do all that. Although one of these days we should just do that. See if you can name more than that little five-year-old from YouTube. Got that in the bag. (laughs) Kick that kid's ass. Uh Uh-huh. Anyway, one of your favorite wrestlers is Tatanka. Huge. A lot of people may not know this, but this weekend, if you download the podcast on time, which I would hope that you do, this weekend we will be at the New England Fan Fest, which is in Rhode Island. We'll be doing podcasts from the convention, so if you're in or around the area or you plan on going, definitely check it out. Mm -hmm. Definitely come say hi. We will be at the New England Fan Fest, which you can get on Twitter, at NEFanFest5. The reason this is important, Tatanka will be there. (laughs) Okay. Are you ready for this? I don't know if I'm both mentally and physically ready for this. Yeah. And I say physically in the sense that IRS, as many of you know, is also my other favorite wrestler of all time. Yes. And when we were in a elevator with him. Yes, at WrestleMania. I had a near asthma attack. I almost had to carry you to your room so you could get your inhaler. It was the nerdiest I've ever seen a human being. <laughs> So I don't know if I, I don't know if I want this. It's like winning, you know, when there's like contests for play Michael Jordan in a game of one on one. Like I don't want to meet that person. Right. I'm good. Because how can the reality live up to the fantasy? Correct. And like it was already. If I may jump back for a second, it was good that a few weeks ago it was Tatanka's birthday. It was great that we blew up Tatanka's Twitter feed by oh. having a Tatanka T-shirt contest, of which today we will announce the winners. Yeah. We. What was the hashtag? Tatanka's birthday. Right. So we had everybody hashtagging Tatanka's birthday. And it was just so funny because Katie and I were texting back and forth for the last two weeks Mm -hmm. wondering what on earth Tatanka could be thinking as he was just getting (laughs) inundated for two weeks. On a scale of one to ten, how big of weirdos does he think we are? 7.9. Repeated. At the very little. Repeated. Yeah. At the very least, 7.9 repeat. Uh, we did blow up his line Twitter over account. the nine. Yeah, we blew up his Twitter account. He had uh, all these people tweeting him, telling him what they were going to do for his birthday. Mm-hmm. Which he, my favorite part of it was that he just responded to them as if he it was, was so like, nice. "Oh, cool, thanks." Like this is just a normal occurrence. He never once said and they were such bizarre responses. That was the best part. Never once did he say, "Why are you guys doing this?" <laughs> like, why do you keep messaging me? What you're going to do for my birthday it doesn't make any sense. Do you want to go over? Here's the winners. Okay. okay we have, we, would we have two total winners? Yeah, we each picked one. We each picked one. Okay. That's right. You, you go wanna, first. Okay. 
the winner in my book. And, ne- and next contest is a one-way ticket to Suplex City. That's right. The winner of this contest is getting the Tatanka T-shirts. Uh, in my book, the and you winner. you have to DM Sam, by the way. Tell him the rules. Oh, yeah. I'll follow you. And then you can DM me. And then don't unfollow him. That's not cool because it's something you would do. Well, I'm not going to unfollow him right away, but after a while I will. Dude. They won't even know. Uh, Troy Edward R. At Troy Edward R. Wrote, I sold out and joined the Million Dollar Corporation for hashtag Tatanka's birthday. Hashtag everybody's got a price. That's good. At Troy Edward R. You are one of our winners. Followed. That's good. What's yours? Mine is... um, Za, it's just a capital Z A H. That's awesome. At underscore Z A H underscore on Twitter, and his response was using goats to landscape for Tatanka's birthday. I totally favorited that one as well. That was one of my finalists as well. See, we're on the same page per the use. Yep. All right, I got Za, and that just goes to show that Za, (laughs) this man of mystery or or girl of mystery, has done their homework. Because Sam and I love goats. Yeah, it's something we enjoy. Tin can eating, cliffhanging, what more could you ask for? It's important that uh, Za, we know that Za tweeted out, using goats to landscape for hashtag Tatanka's birthday. Tatanka responded. He did not. He did not. He responded, LOL, (laughs) love the goat power. Have an awesome day. (laughs) Like there was no moment where he said, what does all this mean? What are you doing? That gives Tatanka even more points. So I conclude with good, better, best, or yeah. however I was going in that one, two, three. You had it. A few moments ago. Best, we get to meet him this weekend. Maybe jumping the shark. Yeah, I'm going to try to get him to do a podcast. Now I want you there. I'm ready. Okay. My body is ready. Good. Good. Well, there's a lot to get to mm-hmm. in the world of pro wrestling this week. Um, obviously, for me, I couldn't be more excited that Tough Enough is starting at the time of this recording. We record the podcast the evening before it gets released on Wednesday morning. Mm -hmm. As it is Tuesday, early evening, Tough Enough has not aired yet as of the time of this podcast. But I watched the the casting special on the network. I've watched all the YouTube videos. I'm very, very excited about Tough Enough. I hope – and they put a lot into it. You know, they're really pushing the social media aspect. They're really pushing how revolutionary this is going to be. It wouldn't be the first time that they said something was going to be revolutionary and it wasn't. But I have high expectations. I've loved every season of Tough Enough. I've rewatched all of them multiple times on the network. Not surprised. Uh, Multiple times. I love Tough Enough. The last season of Tough Enough was incredible. Stone Cold Steve Austin, which some of you may or may not know I'm somewhat of a fan of, uh, may very well be the best reality TV show host of all time. He's brilliant. So I would say, you know, who's on this season? Hulk Hogan, Daniel Bryan, and Paige are the judges. Chris Jericho is the host. Lita and Billy Gunn and Booker T are the trainers. They got their work cut out for them, but I think all that personality injected and, and, and all the people that are on this season. I have high expectations. I think it's going to be a good show. I hope it's a good show. I also think it's really cool that all of that is happening out of the Performance Center. Yeah, they're using their resources. Which we will actually be heading down to soon. No spoiler yeah, alert. Maybe, will. maybe. Yeah. But one I'd of like us has a contract with NXT. Spoiler alert. What? I am going to be debuting soon. Are you Sam? Yes. What's your name? Primetime Sam Roberts, but oh, I'm wearing brilliant. a mask. What's your finishing move? Uh I was gonna do a spike pile driver, but I've been told under no circumstances may I do that. So I'm gonna go with arm bar. Arm bar. Yeah, I'm going to make people tap out to my arm bar. Arm bar. Yeah, I think that's a good move. All right, well, we'll see okay. how it goes. Okay. I have to learn the arm bar first. That's why I'm going to the performance center. My but... finishing move appropriately in the world of technology, if you, if you were wondering, was the hard drive. But then I apparently <laughs> was told that that might get because I'm so it might be a little inappropriate. There's some innuendo there. I didn't know that. It's so that's literally, the kind of girl I am. I don't know these things. As those words came out of your mouth, it's the only thing I thought of. And I was going to set it up with the RAM. Oh my god! No, it was Katie. a bad idea. I listen. I'm one of those girls. It's just uh, Katie. I've thought about too many years of Catholic school. I've thought about ramming your hard drive many times. No, <laughs> that's not. I'm talking about wrestling and technology, Katie. Relax, no. relax. No. Uh, so let's get into this. Are you excited about Tough Enough? I am excited about Tough Enough, and I actually agree with you. They, they're putting a lot behind it, and again, I'm excited to see this happening out of the Performance Center and the production value. 
and just to see who comes out of it. I always have a tough time with the fact that tough enough time. I have a tough enough time <laughs> with contests, kind of in the regard that I'm glad it's placed more as an opportunity. Even like comparatively speaking, as a frame of reference, we work so hard in our own careers in broadcast and media. It's tough. It's a very tough industry. It's a tough yeah. business. And then to have the opportunity to win a contest to place you into a business where people have been working for so long, I mean, I see. I got to play devil's advocate on this. Yeah, I get that. It's annoying. Um, I didn't say it was annoying. I just, I want that winner to be a winner. Yeah. And. I'm okay with it because the only people that have come out of Tough Enough and really made it are John Morrison, who's incredible. Miz, who, I mean, works his – you could say whatever you want about Miz, but he works his ass off. Like, he has not stopped, and he continues to just try and try and try. So whether you like him or not, I think he deserves to be where he's at. And he didn't even win Tough Enough. Neither did Mor- or Morrison might have. But tough, uh, Miz didn't even win Tough Enough. He was just on the show. Ryback was on Tough Enough. He didn't win. Um, all the winners, you know, you, you had Maven with a quick run, Nydia with a quick run, Jackie Gata had a, had a bit of a run, but like, what in, percentage do you think actually had a wrestling background in the old tough enough? Not many. It was because it was an MTV reality show. So there was a lot of MTV casting. I think that was going on. One of the fun things about the old episodes of tough enough on the network is watching the casting special for season one, two, and three, because you can see a bunch of old wrestlers. That became, or, or you could see a bunch of current wrestlers mm. that were there. You can see Matt Morgan, and you can see ODB, and you can see all these people that tried out. Morrison tried out for Tough Enough Season 2 and ended up making it for Tough Enough Season 3. But you can see a ton of people that did actually, even though they either weren't on the show or they lost, did end up going through more traditional, a more traditional route and made it. Uh, so that is a blast for me. But I think... The people who win tough enough, if they wouldn't have made it anyway, they don't end up sticking around. The kid, Andy, who won the last series of Tough Enough with Stone Cold, he never even made it to TV besides the mm. Tough Enough show. You know, and he's gone now. He's not even under contract anymore. So all this is really doing, I think, they haven't really made it clear, but all this is really doing is saying, okay, the winner of this can work out in the Performance Center. It's you're an not opportunity. Even, yeah, right. you're not even going to be on NXT, N- NXT TV, I wouldn't think, regularly after you win Tough Enough. Like, you'll work out in the Performance Center for a while. Then you'll start doing the really small live events that NXT does in, like, small towns in Florida. And then eventually you might make it to NXT TV. But as hot as NXT TV is right now, they're not putting a reality show winner on that thing. You know, they'll put, her, they'll put him or her on maybe right after the series airs to just do a quick thing. But in terms of having a full career, the winner of Tough Enough is not going to be regularly on TV for quite some time, I don't think. I agree. You know, so that's why I don't really have that problem with it. Because you're right about the contest thing. That's what they used to say about American Idol. But it's the same thing as American Idol. You know, the people who win American Idol, except for the first few seasons, nowadays, if you win American Idol, nobody knows. Like, you know, you're not selling any records. You're not selling out concerts. Nobody even knows who won the last eight seasons of The Voice, however many. I've never known one person who's won The Voice. You know? They're not giant pop stars. You're right. So if, if the person who wins Tough Enough doesn't deserve to be there, they won't be there. So I'm okay with it. and I'm. Uh, but I like your devil's advocate stance on it. Word. Word up. Uh, are you going to watch every week? Yes, I yeah. will. Do you like reality TV? Um, Some. I love contest reality TV. That's why I get very excited about it. It used to be, I think it'll be less, well, I don't know. One of the other things I like is kind of how far the curtain gets pulled back on the business. Like, I really like that stuff. Like, oh, I, like, I agree. I like seeing them train. I like watching what drills they do. I like seeing how they learn to run the ropes. I like seeing how they learn to take a bump. I like seeing how they learn to pull off a slam. Like, all that stuff is uh, really, really interesting to me. So I think it's going to be great. I didn't know ODB. ODB was on Tough Enough Season 1, but she was only on the casting special. Like, she was only on the first episode. She made it to, like, the top 30 or 25 or whatever, but then she didn't make the final 13 in the house. We saw her over the weekend. At Ring of Honor, which brings me to my next point. I brought Katie Linendahl (laughs) to her very first Ring of Honor show. I was a surprise to me that you've never found yourself at a Ring of Honor show before uh, I was brought into your life. 
I was surprised with that as well. Flew in off a red eye and just <laughs> yeah. went straight, straight to Ring of Honor. Yeah, Katie landed on a Friday. She flew a coast-to-coast flight. And then I woke up in the morning. Which was on my seventh flight of the week. Yeah. <laughs> and then I woke up in the morning on Saturday. It was early. And like two hours before, Katie had just landed and sent me an email saying, Hey, did you know Ring of Honor's in town tonight? Should we go? So it's like, yeah, we should go. Answers in the question. Yeah. Uh, what did you think? I, my, my, well, my two favorites. Mm-hmm. One, the reborn Evan Bourne. Yeah, I seen uh, him in action. Matt Seidel. Wow, for for years, solid. Uh, and it, Matt, I like watching Matt Seidel now because Evan Bourne always seemed like, well, it seemed like a lot of people in WWE. It seemed like a packaged version of this guy, which I understand for marketing reasons for whatever. But there's just a different vibe when you watch Matt Seidel now as opposed to Evan Bourne. He feels more like a person. He feels more like himself. You know, there's a there's a there's a little more edge to it. It's it's a little more free flowing. It's not quite so packagey, which I think works for Matt Seidel. I kind of like the more clean cut version personally. You do, but the moves are superior. They're amazing. He still does a, a great whatever it is, four fifty splash. Who'd you appreciate over the weekend? Well, I was actually going to talk to you. Of course, anybody who follows me on Twitter knows that. Uh, What's his name? Dalton Castle and I. So weird, man. <laughs> had quite a bit of interaction. I didn't know he was even aware of who I was, but apparently he's been looking at me as one of his boys. Okay, can we break down the character of who I keep calling Andy Dalton? <laughs> <laughs> Dalton Castle? Yeah, Dalton Castle is a guy who at first Katie was like, oh, this reminds me of Tyler Breeze. And I said, just wait. Because he comes to the ring and he's in like almost like a spandex Elvis jumpsuit. <laughs> Yeah, and it's cut way down low on the on the torso. And he's got two boys with him who are wearing feather masks and I think they're twins. They may be twins, but they're wearing feather masks, so I don't know. And they're fanning him with giant feather fans as he comes to the ring. And then they turn themselves it's very Caligula esque. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Caligula. If you haven't, it's probably not up your alley. But um for those that have, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um it's it's it, it's sort of it's kind of hypersexual and weird and subversive. And it's just really interesting because Ring of Honor doesn't do a lot of really, no pun intended, penetrating characters. <laughs> and Dalton Castle absolutely is. And then I'm going, okay, well, this is leaving a lot to the imagination and blah, blah, blah. He picks up a microphone and goes, I see there's a lot of boys out there. And I was like, okay, not leaving anything to the imagination. This is just what that is. Like, it's not sort of, oh, I guess you could kind of put the pieces together. Oh, no, no, no. He's going to spell it out for us. Soft? Yeah, something like that. And and, and, and it's kind of it's, – it's You're leaving out the best part, though. It's almost similar to the Goldust 1996 version. When he was it's a cross between the Goldust 1996 version and, and Val Venus. And actually a cr- Prince Pretty. Yeah. It's a trifecta. Yeah. If you could take Goldust and, and put him in the a role little, of... maybe a little Rick Root. There's a little Rick Root yeah, a little there. bit. He's got a mustache. Slash Tom Selleck. Yeah, sure. 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 What best it's part was I missing? It's a melting pot. Yeah. What best part was I missing? <laughs> that he sent you a tweet. He did ask in him, advance. He did ask if I was going to show up to the show and if he should bring an extra feather mask and that he wanted me to be one of his boys. Thank goodness I you said no or just didn't respond. No, I responded that I look good in feathers. You did respond. Yeah, no, no, no. I wanted to. <laughs> I, I, Katie, I just want to be part of the show. Sure. I just want to be part of the show. But as I'm watching, obviously I get a kick out of him. I love characters, though. That's why I love NXT it so much. It was the much. most pronounced character, and I, I agree with you that gimmicks. I do like characters, too. Love gimmicks. Of course you like it. Your favorite wrestler's IRS, for God's sake. Um, <laughs> and Tatanka. And Tatanka. Yes, you like gimmicks. And Adam um, Baum as a three spot. Adam Baum is your third favorite wrestler. I think so, yeah. That's the most insane thing I've ever heard in my life. Absolutely. <laughs> so much in fact, no, you know what? I'll save that story for down From there. Three Mile Island? Um, who do you think, as you're watching Ring of Honor? So, you know, you're watching Ring of Honor, and 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 I was kind of giving Katie the history that she, she knew some of, and some of it she didn't know because she's a WWE person. But I was telling her that, like, literally a few years ago, handful of years ago, you would go to a show, 
And, I mean, Ring of Honor's roster was Daniel Bryan, Seth Rollins, Cesaro, Nigel McGuinness was wrestling, Samoa Joe was there. Uh, it was incredible, incredible. Before that, CM Punk was there. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm – Jamie Noble was there for a while. I'm missing uh, some guys, but, like, most – That's a stacked card. Ke- I mean, how could – Kevin Owens was Kevin there. Kevin Owens. Sami Zayn was there. Everybody was there. Everybody was anybody. And so there was this kind of golden age of Ring of Honor, and then WWE kind of came in and took the entire upper card of that roster. Uh, as you watch Ring of Honor now, and there have been rumors around the internet as to who WWE is interested in, but I'm less interested in that because you can look that up online, and I'm more interested in now that you've kind of gotten a feel for the show, a feel for Ring of Honor – who out of the people in Ring of Honor or TNA? Oh, and or TNA? Yeah, like who that's not in WWE is next for NXT. Because NXT, it's at an all-time high right now. But all those guys, like you can see that, you know, we just talked to Finn Balor. He is obviously, they don't put video packages like that together. They don't have them advert. They're not headlining. I don't know if they're headlining, but he's not one of the main attractions at a Japan show. Because he's not going to the main roster. So it's only a matter of time before Finn Balor is a main roster top baby face. Kevin Owens is already there. Yeah, I'm assuming Tyler Breeze will be there soon. Samoa Joe is not going to spend long at NXT before people want him on the main Zane roster. Zane and Tommy after injury. Right. You know, so so you got this whole, even, uh, even Bada Bing. Oh, yeah. And so in cast. And so in cast. They're all going to be on the main roster because they're all too popular. They're all, you know, starting to break out of that sort of NXT mold, which means NXT is going to need more talent to mm-hmm. sustain this thing and not just be this sort of one-generation amazing thing. Because what's interesting is they run the risk of doing the same thing that happened to Ring of Honor, of having this amazing class, then they all go to the main roster, mm. you know? So who from Ring of Honor or TNA or who's just not – who you know from the indies? I don't know how much you know of other indies, but – who do you think WWE should get? Well, I get for their you're, main, you're letting for, me go in as cast as wide of a net as the Indies too. I want I'm all over this. I want to know who you who do you really think like if you were finding out we're going to NXT. Okay, I don't mean I, training center. Okay. I mean NXT television. The Just way Samoa way. Joe came this out is fun. and it was like whoa. And let me button that too because I think Samoa Joe going to NXT is spoke volumes in terms of what ten, ten, or, uh, NXT is now. Strong. Okay, obviously. That was probably a, a dumb statement. Okay. Had to be made, though. Um, I guess on the... Let me start with Ring of Honor, and then I get to go to PWS. <laughs> <laughs> Ring of Honor, I would say clean cut Roderick Strong. Okay. Um, so give me a top three. Top three. Not in each promotion, in general. Oh, forget it. Then I'm, then I'm knocking out my... Roderick Strong is gone? Yeah, he's gone. So he didn't make the top three. You're going to have to help me with the name on this. So PWS. Poor Roddy. Uh, Poor Roddy. It's the Yokozuna protege. Fal- Falaba? Falaba. So you take Falaba and NXT because before Roderick Strong. character. Yes, hands down. Wow. Hands down. You are a controversial podcaster today. I am, and I'm going to stay that way. Like <laughs> it or not. Whoa. Enough is enough, and it's time for a change. Whoa. Um... Because I feel like that is a that's like one slot that's missing. Okay. But okay. He, he has to stop losing weight. There's a problem. That's what there. I was going to say. He's he not, just lost like 60 pounds. He actually followed by as like he's a, a – We should Filip- break it down who, what his character is. Yeah, he's a Filipino guy who kind of does the Yokozuna gimmick. Um, but, yeah, he's been losing a little weight, so I guess he would have to gain some weight. Yeah. And then I would put – Now, before you pick another two. Yeah. Don't – Dis my selections. This is an oh, uh, this is an open forum. Absolutely open forum. But I want you to keep in mind, you want some somebody who's going to send shockwaves, meaning followed by you know a small group of people who watch PWS would know, but not that many people. They bring them in and reinvent them a little bit. Somebody that's going to the same way a uh, Kevin Owens, uh, Fergal Devitt, uh, Hideo Itami, uh, all these guys mm-hmm. send shockwaves, which is tougher. Don't get me wrong. It's a lot tougher. So I, I'm going to now strike get that said Habib from the car wash. Okay, yeah. Strike Habib from the car wash. No, dude, I won't I'm accept just, it. He's a Daniel Bryan character. You didn't let Look, me finish it. I like him, but he's I'm bigger than him. I, I can't have him in NXT right now. Then you're definitely not going to agree with Team Wolf. I'm kidding. I'm not <laughs> taking him as a three. I'm not taking him as a three. 
you know what's kind of I do love what a huge PWS fan you are. I am a huge PWS go fan. On. I honestly think I have to riff with you off this because okay. even when I think of the bigger names like a Jay Lethal mm-hmm. or was it Kingdom? The Kingdom. The Kingdom was sick. Adam Cole. Yep. Um, I thought they were good, but nobody. I didn't walk out of there. Like I think the Kingdom was the, the, the strongest card. Yep. In terms of like the aftertaste. I what think, do you think? I think. Personally, I think the w, I, and I, I don't know. Who's if, the Croatian sensation over there on PWS? Mario Bocata? Yeah, he's pretty strong. He's strong. I think WWE is insane for not already taking Jay Briscoe. Jay Briscoe, I think, and he's been on the podcast before. Huh. Uh, he's former Ring of Honor World Champion. Uh, he's a star, and he's like he doesn't look anything like anybody that's on the roster. He's a fucking redneck from Delaware, so he's not even like a southern redneck. He's like one of those, you know, Delaware rednecks, like a PA redneck. Hmm. Um, he's he's all tatted up. He's got like prison tattoos. But you put him over Adam Cole. Well, I'll get to that. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. But Jay Briscoe is one hundred percent to me a first round draft pick because he's 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 all rugged. He's cut up. He looks good and. His face, he's got that Foley thing. When mm. he smiles, you feel like he's a nice guy. And when you have that, that's a rare thing. And when you have that, there's a lot you can do with it. And he's more athletic than Foley. So, mm. I mean, I think Jay Briscoe is a no-brainer. I've said it before. I've had Adam Cole on the podcast, too. I think Adam Cole has got to be signed to NXT in next contract. Adam Cole is necessity. Adam Cole is going to be a huge star. Um, I think that's a no-brainer. I think absolutely Adam Cole belongs in NXT. How about Young Bucks? I guess that, yeah. I would love the Young Bucks. I mean, they're doing their own thing for sure. I would love to see Young Bucks in NXT. And that is one. Adam Cole would, would, would raise. That also puts a flag on the need for more tag. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They would. Definitely fill that void. Um, Adam Cole, Jay Briscoe would turn heads. You know that it would be a big deal if they showed up. The Young Bucks would send shockwaves. Mm. The Young Bucks. So I'm going to change my slot to that's my one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm like I'm like an NFL team now, making moves. Yeah, I guess I'm see what's available. I guess I'm sticking to Ring of Honor and saying Young Bucks, Adam Cole, and Jay we haven't Briscoe. talked any TNA though. Yeah, I know. Well, what does that say? That's just the way it is. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, a lot of TNA has been there, you know. I don't... And that's the question for you that I had over the weekend. Um, you know, most people on the weekends on Saturday nights, girls get together and talk about boys. Is that what happens? We just talk about wrestling. We do. And then we go to Dairy Queen. Well, we talk about boys, but it's just in a different way, and it's me and you. Yeah. Which is... Except, they, I, I, real quick, I have to say, every time I hang out with you, I lose an ab because you eat like crap. Right. So... That's going to have to change, but that's a sidebar. Okay. Um, what were we talking TNA. about? TNA. TNA. Oh, I was asking you about, it, it, like, for somebody like a, now Matt Seidel, formerly Evan Bourne, mm-hmm. there's no chance at a comeback to WWE. It's like once you go through that gauntlet, is it, that's it, huh? Mm, I would well, ne- Name one person that's come back. Daniel Bryan. I would never. That's a, say, that's a strong answer. But. I would never say never, and it was different circumstances. People have come back, and they've also come back in different ways. Like, for instance, Jamie Noble and Joey Mercury both had WWE yeah. careers, were both gone, well, and, that, and if, then came back as agents. If you're going that route, then though, you could say uh, Husky Harris, Bray Wyatt. Coming back is just a totally, no, totally but, different character. Right, but Jamie Noble and Joey Mercury were literally out of the company. Like Joey Mer- Keep going, though. This is good. So, I mean, you can come back as agents, uh, depending on your age, because uh, they came back and, as— And now, though, with the, with the way things are run and that you have such a bench in NXT, I just feel like it would be even harder to make that comeback. It would be harder to make that comeback. The timing has to be right. You know, you look at somebody like Kurt Hawkins, who left the WWE about a year ago, wasn't doing anything in WWE, and has kind of been tearing up the East Coast Indies. He's working every weekend— mm. He's in big matches. He's getting to spend some time. He's, he's, he's getting a fan base going. So 
you know, could Hawkins be back? Sure, he's young. Why not? Um, I, well, and I, I, obviously a lot of this has to do with the relationship and how things were left. It has but. to do with the relationship. It has to do with timing. I would say the strongest thing you can do as a performer is if you end up leaving WWE just because it's one of those uh, best of luck on your future endeavors, creative doesn't have anything for you, which happens. Uh, if you end up leaving WWE on those terms, which is fine, the best thing you can possibly do is build a strong indie buzz for yourself. Reinvent yourself. Yeah. If you can build a strong indie buzz for yourself, then you can absolutely come back because now you've proven your worth. I think anybody who can draw an audience has a chance mm. to be back in WWE, but if they leave WWE or are asked to leave WWE, they have to go outside of WWE and prove that they can draw that audience. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think it's possible. It's just uh, it's not the easiest thing in the world, and you have to spend some time, I think, like you said, redefining yourself. You know what I mean? Word. Word up. You excited about the Japan show? Beast in the East? Yes, You I see am. that they were calling it that? They announced that on Raw because Brock Lesnar's wrestling. Oh, I'm so, so happy that Brock is back. Yeah? Between him and Kevin Owens... Oh, voids are filled. You get excited. I do. What does this mean for Dean Ambrose? I questioned that last week. Ambrose was right in the center of the world title scene. You're absolutely right. I think it's a totally different vibe. Yeah, well. I just think that Owens and Lesnar are such bad guys, even though they're still, like, liked. And and Ambrose plays the whole, like, you know, lunatic fringe card. Well, it'll be interesting. He's a different character. It'll be interesting to see, too. I think the main difference is that Brock Lesnar only shows up once every few months. Oh, I think that's going to change after SummerSlam. He's not going to wrestle no full-time. There's no way he's going to go down to Rollins. Yeah, but he's not going to be here full-time. If he wins the world title... Oh, I, I thought that was the change. I doubt it. If he wins the world title, you're going to see a bunch of pay-per-views again where there's no champion. There's no way you've got Brock Lesnar full-time. It's never going to happen. Um... And I think right now it's the same thing with Kevin Owens. You get excited. I split the difference on that. Can we agree on that? We see him a little more than we have as of late. Well, you'll see him in July and August. I'm sure you'll see him at SummerSlam. Um, He'll definitely be at the holiday party. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, outside of August, maybe maybe once more this year. Come on. I don't see it happening. Because you need him for Royal Rumble. You need him for WrestleMania. I don't, I don't see him... Working all that many more dates. I, it's my opinion. Expert opinion, but opinion nonetheless. So you're going to tell me that Rollins any, keeps the belt for a while? I don't know that either. I mean, Brock Lesnar has had the title without defending it, and it's a championship, not a belt. Sorry, I stand corrected. Um, yeah, I mean, Lesnar's had the title and still not wrestled. So I also think that's why uh, Kevin Owens is, has that advantage right now. That he Agree. He doesn't wrestle on TV that often. He wrestles on NXT, but he doesn't wrestle on Raw. He wrestled that one SmackDown match with Cesaro. How do you feel about that rubber match not being at SummerSlam? It's weird. It's very weird. Um, Because I would think that they're still going to do something at SummerSlam. And it's like, how do you make it so that four matches is interesting? Hmm. It It was already a question as to if you could make a third match interesting. And they did it by tearing down the house. At the pay-per-view. That was one of the best matches. It was incredible. I said last week that Kevin Owens is John Cena's best opponent since CM Punk. And, and John Cena is CM Punk's best opponent ever. Amazing. Ever. Um, but, yeah, I don't know exactly what the hook is on the fourth one. Because you don't want a weird finish. You, you know just what I mean? do maybe like an Owens-Cena best of ten? I would watch him. At this point, <laughs> I would watch him. Best of 20. Right. What'd you have to get? Six out of 10? Yeah. Sam's strong point has never been math. Well, it's, no, it's not been math. Well, it's wrestling themes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's all I, I will give you that. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, are you going to be up? Are you going to watch uh, Beast in the East live? I think that's coming out at noon, right? Beast in the East? That's coming out at 5.30 a.m. Oh, yeah, I'll be up. Are you kidding me? I go to bed at like 6. So you're going to stay up through the whole thing? It's in my nerd DNA. All right. Yeah. Are that's... you going to be I'll be texting you. Okay. All right. Then I'll be up. Are you sure about that? Of course I am. I don't sleep, I don't Katie Lindendahl. I don't sleep. You know that by now. 
You do look tired, Sam. Always. You see me late at night. You see me early in the morning. Have you ever texted me and been like, oh. That's a true story. Yeah. I'm always up. On it. I'm a vampire, and people don't realize that. You know what? That's productivity, though. Yes. Yes. You get stuff done. Things are getting done. Uh, Let's see. Is there anything else we wanted to hit? Yeah. Don't forget that we'll be at the uh, New England Fan Fest this weekend. And, oh, and... Uh, a lot of people were talking about uh, X-Pac being on Opie and Jim Norton's show. X-Pac calling out China. That video went everywhere. Luckily, I was not in it. Uh, I don't need any of the negative publicity. But uh, I was in the studio with them. And X-Pac called my SiriusXM show right after that happened. If you go to SoundCloud.com slash SRShowSXM, you can hear uh, X-Pac calling into my show uh, probably about an hour after he had had his confrontation with China, it's like a 10-minute audio clip. It's free, and you get a taste for what the show sounds like on SiriusXM. So check that out on SoundCloud. Um, you'll also see Katie and I talking about artificial intelligence, but that's not wrestling-related. Hey, it's interesting. It's just good. Yeah. It's just good stuff. And you'll also see us, if you're in Boston this weekend, we're going to hit up a house show. Right. We're going from the New England the Fan never Fest ends. to the Boston House Show. You can find Katie Linendahl on Twitter, at Katie Linendahl. You can find her on Instagram and Facebook at Katie Linendahl. Uh, and is there anything else you want to inform the people? And of? or outside of Tatanka's house in a black SUV. Right. <laughs> Just if, the, <laughs> if there's an unmarked van outside Tatanka's house, you've found Katie Linendahl. <laughs> so weird. Thanks for uh, hanging again. Oh, you're the best, Sam. And uh, yeah, we'll see you in Rhode Island. And if not, next week here on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for listening. Follow at MilkSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And subscribe for free to listen every week to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast.